It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I was right. Uh, no, I was right. I was right. Uh, we were right. We were right, weren't we? And you were right with us. And because you were right with us, we want to celebrate being right. We want to celebrate Philadelphia sports being good, but also we want to celebrate being right. In style at the Underground Arts Theater, Friday, December 22nd. There are a lot of guests already. You guys have Chris Ryan. Yes, of TheRinger.com. We're bringing on Larry Poff. He's of our course, baby. Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast, BGN Radio. We were right before Christmas live dual podcast show at the Underground Arts Theater. If you're not there, uh, you're square. You're very, you're a fool. You're wrong. Actually, if it's you, cool to be square. If if you're okay, Huey. <laughs> if you're not there, let's put it this way: December twenty second, we were right before Christmas. If you're not there. You were wrong. That's right. Tickets on sale right now for $18, $20 day of. Don't wait for the day of. This will sell out. Undergroundarts.org. You're listening to BGN Radio. It is second down and 11, Saints. Breeze straight back. He's looking. He is hit. And down he goes. This time it is Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox has Breeze back at the 40-yard line. Eagles fans, what is going on? It is another edition of Afternoon QB with BLG. That's me, Brandon Lee Gowton, here coming to you. I have a lot to talk about today. A lot of different things I want to get into. No big kind of depressing rant from last week when Carson Wentz was hurt, which still hurts to talk about. Uh, we have Safe checking in the comments. Graham checking in, a lot of people checking in. It's great to see you guys. Great to hear from you all. And a great time for the Eagles. 12-2, first round 
12 and 2. First round by are they they're 12 and 2, right? I'm already man, I am already slipping up. I can't even remember. Um they are definitely having a first round bye though. Yes, 12 and 2 <laughs> with two games remaining. I can't believe I forgot that. Uh still playing for that potential number 1 seed. They're in pretty good position to get that. Either the Eagles can beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football, or it might not even come to that. If somehow the Packers beat the Vikings this Saturday, then the Eagles would actually clinch the number one seed then. Don't know how likely that is, considering you have um, Aaron Rodgers banged up. Even if I don't know if he's going to play because of the Falcons' win on Monday Night Football. I'm recording this on Monday night, Monday afternoon, keep in mind. And if you're listening to this afterwards, then you will have an informed decision on this on the replay. That's the BGN Radio iTunes feed. You can check that out. Um, if the Falcons beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then the Packers would be officially eliminated. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, man, sure would be great to wrap that up this week. Either the, the Vikings losing or the Eagles winning. Get that number one seed. Lock up that home field advantage in the playoffs. This team, you know, Carson Wentz goes down. It's depressing, but, you know, you have two home games. You have a fighting chance, and I think we saw that on Sunday against the Giants. The Eagles can still score. That's the good thing. You have Nick Foles come in. He played pretty well. Again, I'm going to qualify it by saying that the Giants have the worst defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game, and they're 27th in points per game, and Landon Collins was out, and so was B.J. Goodson, their middle linebacker. So that Giants defense is not any good. Let's not kid ourselves here. But, you know, to Nick Foles' credit, he came in, he played well. And for someone in there in the comments saying, didn't you say the Eagles would lose with Nick Foles? No, I didn't. I picked the Eagles to win this week, so that's not true. I'm still cautious Uh, cautiously optimistic, I guess, if you will, about Nick Foles going against some of these playoff teams because the defenses aren't going to be as bad as they were against the Giants. And I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to go out there and play like they did against the Giants and win in the playoffs, especially getting off to such a slow start. That was really the depressing, or not depressing, but uh, frustrating thing about that game is Carson Wentz goes down. The Eagles are going into... You know, a team that's not very good, they're going into that stadium and they have a chance to make a statement, the defense especially, early on, and they just don't do it. They just look terrible. And they, the Giants weren't doing anything that the Eagles haven't seen before. I mean, as pointing out in the comments here, John Tafra saying that the Eagles uh, didn't look so good in their last game against the Giants. Yeah, earlier in the season because the Giants kept doing slants. Slant, 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 slant. Every single play it felt like. And the Eagles defense with Jim Schwartz just had no answer for it. And that's concerning because, I mean, if that's going to continue to be an issue, I mean, if you're another team, why aren't you just going to attack the Eagles like that at that point? Just keep throwing slants all day because it seems like they can't stop it. That was a very frustrating game for the Eagles defense. I had said before last week, uh, the Giants game, that I wanted to see this Eagles defense come out and have a strong outing. I I was fine with whatever the offense did as long as they scored like 21 or they looked average. I was fine with the offense. I didn't have 
high expectations for them. They just had to be fine, and they exceeded those expectations, so that's great. But the defense can't be that bad. They just can't. And now there are some factors that go into that. The Eagles were playing their third straight road game. You know, there's some injuries. You know, obviously Jordan Hicks is out, things like that. There's things that go into the Eagles' defense struggling, but it's just not good enough. And maybe the Eagles will bounce back when they're at home. The defense has played better at home, as we know this year. The crowd noise will be there. So I'm, it's not time to give up on the defense entirely, but it's been three weeks now dating back to the Seahawks game, which, again, all those games were on the road, but still it's just it's not good enough. The Eagles are going to need to play better on defense down the stretch. It comes to uh, Jim Schwartz and him being in charge of that unit and getting things tightened up and having his guys ready to play and working on tackling. I mean, it's not just one thing with this defense. It's not like, oh, this player is just bad and they can't overcome that. I mean, that's not the case. We've seen these guys play well at times this year. They're just not playing to their fullest potential right now. I think coaching is part of that. I think effort has been lacking at times. I mean, I, I don't. that's not something I like to do. Because, you know, these guys go out there and it's easy for me to say they're not trying hard. I think that's not a, a fun thing to say because, you know, they're trying. But, you know, there's times where the, the effort could look like it could be better. I mean, you have that Sterling Shepard touchdown, which goes to the house. And there was an illegal pick on that play. But still, you can't let him take that to the house. At least push him out of bounds. So the tackling has been bad. And we saw that, too, with Cooper Cup against the Rams. I mean, this defense just needs to get better. There there needs to be more urgency, especially with Carson Wentz going down. They're going to need to step up. Uh, the cornerbacks, as everyone's pointing out here in the comments, were not good at all. I mean, Ronald Darby getting beat. He had the interception, which is great, but getting beat too often. And Doug Peterson said he's still banged up with the ankle injury. And I believe that. I mean, he had a pretty serious ankle injury in week one. But, I mean, need more. Jalen Mills, too many penalties and getting beat. It's not good enough. It's time to – I'm at the point where I'm not benching those guys immediately. I'm not being that drastic. But Sidney Jones, back at practice last week, the Eagles have – 14 more days to either activate him, put him on the 53-man roster, or shut him down for the season. And with the way these cornerbacks are playing, I mean, I'm going to want to see Sidney Jones out there at least in Week 17, assuming the Eagles have everything wrapped up and they don't have anything to play for. I mean, get Sidney Jones out there if he's ready and get him some snaps and see what he can do. And if he plays well, then you're going to be – it's going to be really tempting to get him in there in the real games that matter. So kind of really interested to see what happens with Sidney Jones down the stretch here. And he could very well not play at all. I think I had said during the preview show on BGN Radio that I did with Vince last week that, you know, you hear Jim Schwartz talk about this is like the first week of OTAs for him. To me, that's kind of a signal that Sidney Jones – very well might not play, and he might not be close enough in terms of being physically ready. It's not just about being healthy, but getting in the game shape and having those practice reps and, and even you know just getting geared up to, to be in these live-action games. So we'll see how that goes. 
And people, a lot of people were mad that Ruthul Douglas was inactive. I mean, he should probably be active because why are you keeping Joe Walker, who only played like six special team snaps, over him? I mean, Ruthul Douglas can play special teams. I know Joe Walker's a linebacker, and the Eagles need some depth there. But you also have Nate Gary there. You have, you know, you have um, Najee Good, who the Eagles put in Walker, for Walker in the base defense. Not too good with that awful special teams penalty, by the way. Just terrible. But getting back to the, the the Douglas point there, I mean, if the cornerbacks are struggling, you know, maybe it would be nice to get Rizal Douglas in there. And I don't know that he fixes everything because Rizal Douglas has had his rookie struggles this year too. And there's a reason the coaches aren't putting him in there. But, I mean, if the corners aren't playing well, <laughs> I mean, it might just be time to try another guy in there. Uh, and see, you know, see how it goes. So the Eagles have a lot of defensive issues to still work out here. And again, I think playing at home will help this team. You have the crowd noise on your side, making it loud, you know, for that uh, opposing offense to deal with. And I know the Eagles had fans out in LA and in New York, and that helped them there. So it's not like they didn't have that completely, but, you know, still a different element to things. And, um, I think playing at home, you know, the Eagles are 12 and two there in the Doug Peterson slash Carson Wentz era. And we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I, I think there's reason to be optimistic <clears throat> about this defense improving. I don't know if they're going to get back to being a lockdown unit, especially in the playoffs. I mean, that's just going to be hard to do, but I think there is room to believe that they can improve here. So one of the things, as I just kind of alluded to there, that the Eagles needing every edge they can basically get at this point is the fans. And the fans have been doing a great job. I mean, Eli Manning even said during his press conference after the Giants game that that false start that happened on the fourth and goal, it was Bobby Hart, Giants right tackle, who committed that false start, pushed the Giants back. I mean, he said that was due to the Eagles fans being loud and kind of creating that noise. And that ended up helping the Eagles in a big way at the end of the game. So fans need to be there for the playoffs. Get in your seats. You know, make sure you're in the stands, making noise if you're going to these games. And give this team everything you have because they need it right now. And when you have a defense struggling like that, the crowd noise is only going to help them out and confuse things for that offense. So Eagles fans, you're going to have to take on some of the responsibility there, I think, in getting this defense fixed. So the challenge is there. You guys need to rise to it as well. Um, Getting into some of these final games here, as I was saying earlier, it's possible the Eagles can clinch the number one seed before – playing on Monday Night Football. If the if the Packers beat the Vikings somehow, then the Eagles can clinch the number one seed. And if that's the case, which, again, I don't know because we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is healthy completely. Well, we know he's not healthy completely. He didn't look that way in Carolina. And if the Packers get officially eliminated from the playoffs, they might not even play him. But let's just say for this, the, the sake of conversation here, the sake of this discussion that the Eagles do clinch the first round by before playing against the Raiders. Here's my question to you. If you're in the comments here on facebook.com slash bleeding green nation and you want to weigh in, 
What should the Eagles do when it comes to the possibility of resting their starters? Should they rest them for these final two games? Should they play them in one and rest them in the other? Should they just play them for both games? That's the question. It's going to be interesting for Doug Peterson to answer here down the stretch. Personally, I think it could shake out where the Eagles are probably going to need to win on Monday. Because Again, I don't know if we can count on the Packers beating the Vikings. But if that's the case, then the Eagles obviously have to play their starters and beat the Raiders to ensure they get that number one seed. So at that point, you get that done, and then uh, you go into Week 17, and I think you have to treat Week 17 kind of like a preseason game. I think you put Nick Foles in there for like a maybe half or so, and then you kind of just see what happens and maybe see how the game goes. I mean, the downside to that is you don't want to help Dallas get into the playoffs. So that's not going to be fun if you're resting your starters against a Cowboys team that really needs to win. I mean, even if the game is meaningless for the Eagles, who wants to see the Cowboys come into Philadelphia and kind of get some blowout win over the Eagles' backup players? I mean, that would not be very fun. So um, a lot of decisions to make there. They're good. The, the, no matter how you feel about it, it's a good spot to be, right? I mean, the Eagles are so close to clinching that number one seed. And the talk of resting starters, that's a luxury to have. So I'm not kind of, I'm not really sweating over that because I think whatever decision they make is not going to be this monumental or have this, this incredible impact on how the rest of the season goes into the playoffs. I know some people feel like, Eagles rest their players, and that's a terrible thing because then they don't have a sharp edge going into the playoffs. They're rusty. Other people feel like you, you don't rest the players, and let's say you know someone gets hurt, and then you're like, oh, why were they even playing? So uh, there's there's you know there's arguments to both sides of it. If I think Jimmy Kemsky had a really good piece on Philly Voice that saying in recent years the teams who didn't rest their starters did better but you know I look at that too and it is that a small sample size thing is that you know can we really take something out of it is that the circumstance I don't know so my opinion on it is I think the Eagles should probably just play their starters this week and they probably will need to against the Raiders you win that game you lock things up you go into week 17 you kind of treat that game like a preseason game and you play Nick Foles and the starters for the first half or so, depending on how the game goes. And something to keep in mind is when we're talking about resting starters that you're not literally resting all 22 starters. You can't do that. You have a 53-man roster, and then you seven of those guys are inactive on game day. So you have to play your starters still. It's just about playing some of them less, maybe getting more rotations going in there. Doug Peterson said he wanted to get Nate Sudfeld some playing time, and that probably makes sense, get him some reps in there before going into the playoffs because he hasn't played at all in the NFL yet. And you have a guy, let's say like this week, against the Giants, Stefan Wisniewski, he was banged up. You know, some of those veteran players who are dealing with injuries, you don't want to force them to have to play in a game that's meaningless. Those are the kind of guys you would hopefully rest in that situation so maybe a Wisniewski in that case, or Jason Kelsey's kind of been dealing with an ankle thing throughout the year, or you know Alshon Jeffries had a foot thing. There's different guys who've been dealing with injuries here, so uh, it could be 
could make some sense to kind of give those guys a break, not rest the starters entirely, but kind of give those guys some time off and get ready for the playoffs. So uh, that's where we're at with that. And speaking of Doug Peterson, since we're on the topic of him and resting the starters, just want to say another game, another situation where Doug Peterson is in a tough spot. You know, he's had injuries and he's had the biggest one to his quarterback. And the Eagles still overcame it. And they won. They're 12-2. and They have the sole best record in the NFL. They're well on their way to clinching that number one overall seed. Doug Peterson's the coach of the year, guys. It's not Sean McVay. And that's nothing against Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay has done a great job with the Rams. They've obviously improved a ton. And I think he's a really good coach. But Doug Peterson is the coach of the year. You can talk about expectations and the Rams were worse last year and that's why Sean McVay should get coach of the year but to me Sean McVay people believed in that guy they looked at him and they said oh that guy's young so there's some questions but he's a bright young mind and that guy you know he's a he's a hot name coordinator because the work he did did with Kirk Cousins so there was some kind of buzz and excitement for Sean McVay I'm not saying people knew this was going to happen to what the the Rams have been able to do, but I do think that there was optimism about Sean McVay and there was not about Doug Peterson. I mean, you literally had Michael Lombardi, a former NFL GM, come out and say that Doug Peterson was the least qualified coach in the last 30 years. And when Doug Peterson got hired last year, I mean, Eagles fans, a lot of them, myself included, didn't have a lot of faith in him. ESPN, different outlets were saying he was the worst coaching hire and he was one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I mean, Doug Peterson overcame all of that to turn out to be probably, at least this season, one of the best coaches in the NFL. And who thought we would be saying that? But that's where we are. Doug Peterson is the coach of the year. I don't want to hear differently. Those awards, you know, what does it matter if you don't win the Super Bowl? I mean, the awards are whatever. But I'm just saying, Doug Peterson, to me, coach of the year, he's overcome injuries. That's another thing. The Rams, look at their injured reserve. Look at their roster, and they haven't had to deal with as nearly many, and it's as nearly many important injuries the Eagles have had to deal with. I mean, you just look at the quarterback alone. The Eagles lost their quarterback at this point. And it's only been one game, but the Eagles won one without him, and they're in a really good position to win at least one more game down the stretch, if not both of them. So Doug Peterson, coach of the year, don't want to hear differently. No, Jason Garrett as safe as joking in the comments there. An actually good coach of the year who does call the plays and and does a good job of game planning and scheming and being creative and leading his team. And Doug Peterson's done a great job. I know that it might not be likely he gets it over Sean McVay, as Evan Young is pointing out here in the, the Facebook comments, facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation. But I'm saying Doug Peterson deserves it. So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, again, some more thoughts on the game, kind of wrapping it up on the game thoughts here that Nick Foles looked pretty good. You know, first game in there starting. Played a really bad defense, but still made the throws he needed to for the most part. He missed some throws. I thought some throws were off target. 
He had some plays that he left on the field, which is always an issue with Nick Foles. But overall, you have to feel good about what you saw in Nick Foles from that game. You feel like, okay, this team still does have a chance to win because the quarterback isn't going to be terrible. Again, I want to see how he does against good defenses before I'm, I'm fully buying in and feeling great about him. But it was, a, it was a nice start for him. There are some things to clean up, hopefully. And that's another reason why you wouldn't rest your starters is you're trying to get full of some more reps and kind of get him into the swing of things and kind of shake that rust off. But first impression, so far so good. Part of the reason Foles played well, in credit, you know, I'm not trying to take away credit here. I'm just saying that the offensive line had a pretty overall, I thought they played pretty well against the Giants, which is very encouraging to see considering that there were some issues there against the Rams and Aaron Donald was obviously a big factor in that. He's just a beast. Hard to block that guy. But Big V has been really struggling. I mean, Chance Warmack was in there and he didn't seem to be terrible. I mean, I kind of want to go back and check that out. But from my first impression before watching the replay was that he wasn't terrible. Um, but at left tackle, I'm kind of thinking that you might have to think about a switch. Now, I don't think the Eagles will do that, but I think you look at what Big V has been doing, and he's struggling out there. He didn't seem to have a terrible game on when I was watching it. He gave up the strip sack, which luckily Kenyon Barner recovered. It wasn't like he was getting beaten and just totally blown off the ball all game long, but in the last five weeks, according to Pro Football Focus, Big V has allowed the most pressures in the NFL, which is an issue. I mean, you're already on your backup quarterback. You don't want him, Nick Foles, suddenly getting hurt and hit a lot, especially from the blind side there. So I don't know if Will Beatty is really even ready to play. He looked really skinny when the Eagles first signed him about a month ago or so. I don't know if he's in game shape, but I kind of want to see the Eagles put Will Beatty in the lineup down here if these games are meaningless and kind of get him some playing time and see where he's at and if he's looking great maybe you need to make the change but if not you're going to just have to roll with big v and that's an issue because he's not really all that inspiring right now and i think it's safe to say that what we've seen out of big v i think he can be a swing tackle you know he can be a backup tackle to your top two guys there but I don't think he is a starter. I mean, I, I just don't think he's an ideal starter, at least. I think you can do better than him, and I think that's something the Eagles have to consider here moving forward. I think I'm getting ahead of myself a little here, but looking ahead to the offseason with Jason Peters, we don't know what's going to happen with him. And having needing just to have a, a good backup to Lane Johnson because of always of his suspension situation, I mean, the Eagles need a really – better option there at backup offensive tackle. I just, I think Big V isn't cutting it really in the long term. And, and we'll see how that develops. Maybe, you know, he could always improve young player, but it's not feeling a lot of confidence in him right now. So we shall see how that goes. Now, of course, it's every week that we do this. It's our good friend, Stephen Lee. He's coming to us with Three over and unders for today's episode of the BGN Radio Daily Podcast Afternoon QB with BLG. Again, that's Stephen 
underscore Lee 20 on twitter.com. And that's Steven with a PH. So you can find him there. A lot of good Eagles takes a lot of good over and under numbers. I, that's why he does this for us. I, he would always give us these over and well, not always, but he would, sometimes he would give us this over and unders to work with and he always did a good job. So that's how this all came about. So today for us, he has starting with the Eagles defense that we talked about earlier, which is not looking so great right now. Will the Eagles defense allow 21 points over or under 21 points? So before I get into my answer, Oakland's averaging 20.1. So they're just under that 21 mark right now. And the illegal Eagles are allowing at this point 19.2. So they're also under that mark there, but you don't feel great about this Eagles defense right now just because of how they've been playing. So this isn't an easy pick for me, but I think I'm going to take the under, and here's why. I think, again, this team will be better at home. I think you'll see the defense get some of these things worked out. I know the Raiders, you know, they, they have some wide receivers that could potentially give the Eagles trouble, but at the same time, Oakland lost their starting left tackle for the season. Today on Monday, Donald Penn went down for the year, so that's going to be an issue for them. I think the Raiders, they're not going to be super motivated in this game. I mean, it's its a game, so they could show up and want to win. I don't know, but you just think they're going to be eliminated from the playoffs at that point. They're not going to be as desperate as they would if you know they could win the AFC West or still be in the playoff picture with a win there. So with Oakland kind of just being out of it, I think I think they score under 21 points. It could be close to that. It could be a 20. It could be the high teens there. But I think it's under the 21 because I think, and I guess I'm just, maybe I'm projecting here, but I think this Eagles defense can play better than what we've seen lately. And I think playing at home and having that crowd noise and just being more energized and and it's a Monday night game, so the Eagles have a little bit more time to rest up before that one. I think the defense plays better. I think they know, too, that this game, after this game, the pressure is on them. Everyone's looking at them now and saying, this is the weak point of the team. And if they have any pride, they're going to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, we can't let this happen. We need to play better. There's a first overall seed on the line in the game, potentially, depending on what happens. I think they rise to the challenge. I think they step up, and I think that they allow under 21 points to the Raiders. So feeling better about the Eagles' defense moving forward. We'll see if my optimism is rewarded or if I'm just looking at this team on Monday night and being like, this defense, man, just not good enough. So we'll see how that goes. But now to go into our second over and under for today's podcast, Taking us to the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles. Jay Ajayi, 15 carries, over or under 15 carries for Jay Ajayi. Now, 15 is the most he's had with the Eagles so far this season. That was against the Rams last week. Uh, I think he only had 12 against the Giants here, so 12 or 13. So it's kind of a tough spot because he hasn't had that yet. But at the same time, the Eagles have been ramping up his workload here. He played the highest amount of snaps he has all season with the Eagles against the Giants. He was at over 50 snaps, so that's happening there. Um, 
do the Eagles run the ball a lot in this game? I think we could see it here. I think Jay Ajayi may, might have gotten more carries against the Giants if they didn't get down early and have to kind of play from behind and, and feel like they had to throw a lot. I think you know maybe the Eagles get off to a good start in this game. They get a lead, and then they kind of stick with the run and keep it going like that. So I think over for Jay Ajayi in the game against the Raiders this week. I think he'll get some more touches. I think uh, that's something we will see. I'm, I'm taking the over on that. It's not going to be by a lot, but it's not like he's going to be at 30, you know, or even maybe even 25, but I think he could hit the 20 mark or so. So I'm going to take the over for JGI. I like John Taffera in the comments there saying he gets over 100 yards as well. I think he could have a big day. So I'm going with over on JGI at 15 carries. Now our third and final over and under of the day, it's Nick Foles. Nick Foles, who had four touchdowns against the Giants, will he have three touchdown passes against the Raiders? Over or under three touchdowns? I think I'm taking the under on this one. And again, that's not disrespect to Nick Foles, but he had four against the Giants, and some of them were on short fields. And I know that criticism has been used against Carson Wentz, but, I mean, in this game, there was a blocked punt. There was an interception return by Ronald Darby. So Nick Foles did well. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I think four touchdowns in that game, especially against a bad Giants defense, I'm just not expecting that out of him every week at this point. I mean, if he continues to do it, I'll start to believe more. But for now, I think three touchdowns is what he maxes out at against this Raiders team, which, you know, Oakland's defense isn't very good. They rank 32nd overall by DVOA, football outsiders. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went off on them, but I just think the running game, we might see more of that here. And I think three touchdowns is the maximum for Nick Foles. So I'm going to take the under on those. Maybe he has two, maybe it's a push, he has three, but I just don't think it's quite the last time he had uh, seven touchdowns against the Raiders back when he played them in 2014. I don't I don't think it's that, but wouldn't that be funny if it was? So um, I think that just about does it for today's episode. Before I end, I do want to say that this Friday at Underground Arts in Philadelphia, it is. We were right before Christmas. It's Friday, December 22nd. Get your tickets now. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a big holiday party. It's BGN Radio. That's us. We're hanging out with the Bright Sturkey Sanchez podcast. Chris Ryan from The Ringer is going to be there. Larry Poth, the guy who said, Jeff Garcia, he's our baby. That guy is going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's one of the biggest party nights of the year. It's going to be it's going to be fun. So coming out to that, again, you can get your tickets at undergroundarts.org. And by the way... If you're still on the fence, there's going to be some cool stuff. There's going to be, uh, for the first 150 people who get in the door there, Underground Arts, there's going to be gift cards to Ello Pavorsky Jewelers. So the holidays are coming up. You need to get a a last-minute gift there. You can get some nice, very, very high-quality jewelry from one of the best jewelers around, the best jeweler around in Philadelphia. That's L.L. Pavorsky. So come early. You get a gift card to there, and the first 100 
two, the first 200 people, I should say, get an Allen Iverson MVP print from our friends at Philly Word Art. So that's really cool too. Uh, tickets are $18. You can check that out at undergroundarts.org or you can go to twitter.com slash BGN underscore radio. We have some information on our Twitter page about it. It should be a lot of fun. I hope to see you there. If you're there, I want to see you. So come on out. It'll be really fun. Um, also, if you haven't already, what are you doing? Subscribe to BGN Radio on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Leave us a rating. Tell us what you do like, what you don't like about the podcast. But obviously, you do like everything. So there's, there should be no complaints. And again, five-star review helps us go a long way. So I, I appreciate all the help on that. And last thing I want to plug, or last couple things I want to plug here, patreon.com slash BGN Radio, again, for all our bonus content. And make sure you stay tuned for all the other BGN Radio dailies we have going on this week. And again, we were right before Christmas. It's Friday night, so get your tickets to that. And then I believe on Saturday we'll have our WIP show. I think that's one to three. So a lot of stuff going on. It's a really fun time. The holidays are coming up. So hopefully the Eagles can make the holidays, continue to make the holidays great for everyone by winning and taking care of business and locking up that first round by next Monday. And which I guess I won't have a BGN Radio Daily next week because the Eagles will be playing and it'll be Christmas. But hopefully they lock it up by then, if not sooner. And first round by going to the playoffs, two home games if they if they win their first one, and then Super Bowl. So there's been some slip ups for this team. The defense has not been looking great, and there's been injuries, but still room for optimism with the Eagles. So that's where I will leave off today. This has been Afternoon QB with BLG. I thank you for tuning in, and I will see you guys next time. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Locus, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep prepared. You eat the sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls cause it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuck.